Welcome to Classic Reviews, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for reviewing classic television shows, video games and films. I'm your host Matthew and this is for Season 3, Episode 2, Back to the Future 3. Uh, it's the final part of the trilogy. Uh, there is no fourth edition, there is no reboot, revival uh, or anything like that and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I quite like this film. I think it's pretty good. I do think that it's got a bit of an awkward start to it. Um, but ultimately I've come away quite satisfied with how this trilogy has gone. I have a few quibbles and qualms I suppose you could say with Back to the Future 2. But of course there's a Back to the Future 2 podcast which you can go and listen to uh, to find out why I had those issues with that film or whatever. Uh, but yeah, this will be the first conclusion of one of the trilogies for Classic Reviews. Uh, we will obviously be doing Toy Story 3 as well, but that will be later on in uh, the season as well. Um, yeah, so the third, third and final installment. Uh, of course, we also decided to do, or I also decided to not do uh, Terminator 3, just because of the issues with that film, etc. But, uh, yes, the final part of Back to the Future, Back to the Future Part 3. So, Back to the Future 3, or Part 3. Uh, it's a 1990 American science fiction film and the third and final installment of the Back to the Future trilogy. The film was directed by Robert Zemeckis uh, and stars uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Mary Stenbergen uh, and everybody else. The film continues uh, immediately following Back to the Future 2, uh, the 19... 19- uh, 89 film uh, while stranded in 1955 during his time travels uh, adventures time travel adventures uh, Martin McFly uh, discovers that his friend uh, Doc or Emmett Brown everybody kind of calls him Doc it's his nickname um, trapped in 1885 uh, was killed by uh, Burford uh, Mad Dog who's called Tenon uh, in this film um, Biff's uh, great grandfather as well. They didn't mention that in the film. That's the first time I'm, re- I'm reading that. I don't recall. I just watched this like 20 minutes ago, and I don't recall him being mentioned as that. But okay, that, that actually kind of makes sense. But anyway, uh, Marty, Marty travels uh, to 1885 to rescue Doc and return once again to 1985. Of course, the original year, I suppose, for this for, for where all this started. Uh, but uh, matters are complicated when Doc falls in love with uh, school teacher Clara Clayton, um, who we of course see later in the film as well. Um, so I'm just reading like the basic info here. Back to the Future 3 was uh, filmed in California and Arizona, and was produced on a 40 million dollar budget back to back with Part 2. Uh, part 3 was released in the United States in uh, 1996, months after the previous installment. Um, wait, what was released? In the United States on May 25th, 1996, months after the previous installment. Uh, that's kind of surprising. Part 3 and uh, 244 million worldwide, which these days doesn't sound like much, but things were different back then. Uh, making it the sixth highest highest grossing film of 1990. So all very interesting details. Uh, so I've said if I like the film, I like the... I think the first 20 minutes, half an hour, which is essentially your setup is a bit slow and one of the things with Back to the Future that I kind of noticed throughout this and does include parts one and two is because when you start the Back to the Future films you essentially get okay here's the start is the first five ten fifteen minutes or whatever 
so that you get the setup of what's currently happening. Then you then they usually come across their problem, which in this is getting back to 1985 and solving the problem of uh, Doc getting killed, I suppose. Um, you then kind of know... I suppose it helps in a way because you know the end game of the films because we knew kind of the end game of what this was going to be, which was you know getting Marty not Marty getting Doc back uh, to nineteen eighty five, getting everybody back and getting him past where he gets killed. So we know that that's the end game, and we know that okay, we got to get Marty back to nineteen eighty five, back with uh, his wife and everything. Uh, we'll talk about the characters in a minute. Back to his wife and everything, and to get things settled again, which is ultimately where we end up. And I think that they they did that all very very well. I think once they get to, um, once they start putting into practice what they're going to do. So like when they talk to the um, what do you call it, guy the guy who rides a train. Uh, when they talk to him, and um, he said, and then they try, they're trying when they're trying to figure out. Okay, we need to do this, but how do we do it? Um, and then they're doing the whole, you know, he's got his usual table thing, and uh, he's explaining how they're going to do what they're going to do, which is involving the train, pushing the DeLorean, etc. I feel like from around about that part of the film, which is again roughly half an hour in, uh, I feel like the film kicked into gear a bit. There's still a couple of things that are like. It's it's because you know what these characters are trying to do that whenever the characters get slowed down for a particular reason, it sort of loses its pace a bit. I feel like 3 managed that a lot better than 2 and uh, what I'll also be doing later today, uh, or later today for you guys but in like a few minutes or when I finish this podcast, I'm going to uh, rank the Back to the Future films part 1, 2 and 3 obviously. And uh, let you guys know which ones I think are the, the you know the best and the worst out of the three of them, etc. Um, so look out for that later today as well. I won't be posting it like the same time as this. I'll leave it like a few hours afterwards, and then you'll see that later as well. Because I'm not going to leave that till like, the next week, and then put episode three out the week after. I'm going to have this be the same week, a bit like what I did in season two, which these podcasts haven't actually come out yet. Um, but a bit like what I did in season two when I did the Wire season review, and then I put the uh, Wire versus um, Breaking Bad Season 1. So the same sort of thing. So look out for that later today. Um, but by the time you hear this, that Wire podcast, will the Season 2 will have already been out. So you can go listen to that as well. Um, yeah, so another thing that I wanted to kind of include, it's funny because I've recorded Episode 3 at the moment, which is, uh, well, you'll see what it's going to be for next week. Uh, just the way that things worked out. Something that I um, brought up in that, which I said was going to be a new feature, but I'm going to introduce it here. So you'll see how that works out is um okay if you take one of these classic properties so either one of the games one of the films one of the tv shows that we've covered if you were to erase it from when it was released so let's say back to the future wasn't released between uh 1985 and 1990 let's say that that hadn't happened and if if back to the future i'll just say the whole trilogy basically if they were to be released in modern day um, so instead of it being like a remaster or a reboot in 2019, how would these films, these games, these TV shows, how would they be received if they came out today? So you have the exact same films, the exact same Back to the Future films, but you would have, of course, the advantage uh, of modern day technology. So if you had newer cameras and stuff like that, granted, this film looks pretty good and all these three, three films look pretty good. So that that is already not a problem. I think that given the fact that, um, I mean, even though these came out in 1985 and uh, 89 and 90, 
Um, and they treat obviously that as modern day because that's when those films came out and you'd have to sort of adjust to that it being 2019 but you can still treat it as if for the characters it's still modern day I think it would do pretty well I don't think it would really struggle very much at all um yeah I mean you'd have to I mean yeah you just kind of kind of watch it as if like okay this is an old this is set just back in the day um because the the only relatable thing you wouldn't have is um these being released as like okay this is set in 1985 and this is today it would just be that would be kind of the only difference i don't really see why this film would struggle and given the fact that i've watched all these three films within the last uh two years i suppose uh, 2018 and 2019 um they still come off pretty well they still look really good there's no real sort of i mean sure some things still look a little bit older um, and that stuff would kind of be improved with modern technology. You know, some of the way that the CG and stuff in this film looks pretty good in that. Like, the way that the DeLorean looks when it's time-travelling and stuff. And everything like that. So you'd be able to modern modern modernise those sorts of features and everything. But I still think it would come off pretty good. I mean, if, if the film, to me, as, you know, 25-year-old in 2019, um, looks pretty good now, I think if you were to go and modernise it and do that sort of stuff... Um, but still keep the same kind of charm in there with with the characters, with the plot and the story and all that sort of thing. Uh, I think it would come off pretty well. I don't I don't really see why it would have problems necessarily. It, it would almost be a little bit like because uh, we've got Stranger Things season three, which has recently been released, um, and that's a like go back to the eighties sort of thing. And it's it's essentially, I mean, yeah, it's funny if you kind of compare it. This is set in the eighties and the nineties if you, if you think about it. Uh, the the whole Back to the Future franchise, and if you look at Stranger Things, Stranger Things would be a little bit of a nod to what Back to the Future would be in present day because it's still set in the eighties, but it's made with modern technology. In was it twenty seventeen the first season? But well, the last couple of years up until twenty nineteen for season three. Um, so yeah, I think it would do pretty well in twenty nineteen. It would be a little bit like uh, a Stranger Things in a way if you think about it so I mean different plot and characters and stuff obviously there's no there's no Demogorgons in here there's no upside down there's just uh, time travel stuff as well uh, so you've got that to, to look out for um, yeah let's take a, a quick break here actually today's sponsor is Kualu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so I can't tell you what we will have been uh, releasing by the time this comes out because I'll be releasing this around Christmas time. I haven't pinpointed 
the exact day or week or whatever. But I know that basically around the time that things like The Walking Dead and the DC shows go on, you know, the, the stuff that we usually have around October, once that stuff sort of goes off the air and we go into the quiet Christmas period, uh, that's roughly when I'm going to be releasing these podcasts uh, for season 3 of Classic Reviews. But you guys will already know that because you've already had episode 1 released. But, um, so yeah, I guess you can look out for all of our podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games and films. There'll be probably other, t- other film reviews you guys can go and check out. Random Gaming Talk as well, me and Robert. Uh, that's where me and Robert go and uh, discuss the gaming news for the week. Talk about what we've been playing, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure we'll still be doing that podcast by this by that time. Uh, so look out for that as well. Uh, I'm sure there'll be other TV season reviews. And like I said, we'll be covering uh, The Walking Dead. The first half of season 10 um, would have come and gone. Uh, I'm sure The Witcher would have come out by that point. Uh, so you can check out our podcast. For those. I can only really mention stuff at the moment that I know would have happened by that time. Uh, we plan on covering, or I plan on covering, uh, American Horror Story. So look out for the individual feed for that. And um, for The Witcher as well. I don't know if The Witcher would have fully, oh, I guess it would have come out on, like, the, the whole, all on one day, because it was, it would be a Netflix show. But anyway, look out for our, um, The Witcher 3 coverage. Uh, we're planning on doing coverage in some way, shape, or form on, uh, the Watchmen series, the new HBO's Watchmen series. Um, by the way, because basically David's made the iTunes feeds logos for all three of those things, but those shows just haven't had any trailers or anything like that. But look out for coverage for those three. So that's for American Horror, American Horror Story, uh, The Watchmen, and The Witcher TV series, uh, which are going to be FX, HBO, and Netflix. So look out for those. Uh, so that's that. Uh, yeah, other film reviews we've got, I guess in October, November, December, we've got, um, the other Terminator, the new Terminator film, which I guess is going to technically be the third one, so look out for the podcast for that. Uh, Frozen is out in November, so we'll probably would have gone and seen that. And, uh, Star Wars, of course, Star Wars Episode uh, 9, I can't remember the release date that they set, and that might not actually be out by the time... I release this. I'm not 100% sure. I'm doing a little bit of guessing, but it's hard to really judge what would have happened. Just because I don't know exactly when I'll be be releasing this series. But all I'm trying to say is look out for all the things that I just mentioned and all the other TV, video game, and film coverage that we all have done on entertainmenttalk.org. So check out all of that as well. Uh, So yeah, Back to the Future 3. I think it's a great way for them to uh, conclude this franchise. Um... And I think that they've done a really, really good job overall with uh, everything that they've done. Uh, let's look at cast. So we've got, of course, Michael J. Fox as Martin McFly. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Emmett Brown. Uh, or Doc, rather. you got Clara. So Clara is the new um, uh, love life of uh, Doc, of course, in this film. I thought she was a pretty good addition. I don't think she was in the other ones. I think that she's a new character um as far as i can remember at least i know there's podcasts out there for one and two but it has been a little bit of time since i watched those um but they pretty much meet in um this year because i know that yeah the first time they bump into them is um when he's trying to save her from going over the the canyon thing or falling off the the side or whatever from the horses and that like changes the uh the future i suppose because of the whole thing at marty's uh school and that um, which they seem to just, it got, like, renamed to something else, didn't it, when they got and take, got taken their photo as well, so, um, in terms of this being a fun film, because I think that, um, Bad to the Future 1 was really, really fun, I remember praising it for that and giving it, like, a 10, Bad to the Future 2 I was a little bit more down on, 
and uh, it wasn't quite as fun and they went with this thing with Biff and it didn't quite work for me. Um, I feel like they did a good level of everything else in this film um, with, because essentially you kind of have to replace Biff in this with Tannen, um, who again it says that he's his, uh, what does it say here? Um, Biff's great-grandfather, which makes sense as well. It makes sense more now, but I'm sh- I'm sure I don't remember them specifically mentioning that. So, uh, make, take from that what you will. Um, but yeah, it's called... I mean, you see Biff at the end. Obviously, it kind of goes back to the end of Back to the Future 2. Because obviously, there he has to go... Marty has to go and resolve uh, what's happening with um, Doc and everything. Um, I liked with the... I like the I, I like the callbacks more in Back to the Future Three as opposed to what they're doing Back to the Future Two. Like you have got the photo thing because I think in Back to the Future One they had um, was it that photo of Marty at his wedding? Was it? I remember he was he was disappearing from one of the photos in Back to the Future One, and he had to play that song. Um, and then with this, it's the grave thing because uh, of Doc getting shot, and then that changing to. Was it Clint Eastwood? I thought that was a pretty cool thing as well. Like the the classic Western uh, actor, of course, kind of 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 modern day. He's not doing as much these days, but I guess in you know nineteen ninety, uh, he was doing some more stuff. So uh, that's interesting as well. And it's funny when um, what's it? Tannen says to Marty, like, "Oh, you know, if you don't come out here and shoot me and all this, like eight o'clock in the morning, um, Clint Eastwood will be remembered as a coward." It'll be interesting, like um, once. You know, the real Clint Eastwood comes around. It's kind of a nice nod to the audience of like, hey, you know that Clint Eastwood is around and doing... Yeah, just the nods to Clint Eastwood in the future. I thought that that was was pretty fun as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of nice callbacks as well. Of course, you've got um, Maggie and Lorraine, I think it was. Um, the, The guys who... The family that Marty meets in this film after he gets chased by that bear. I thought that was interesting as well. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I quite like that as well. Um, but yeah, I mostly like... The the, film, the thing I like most about this is... Um, the actual... Not, you wouldn't really call it the heist. Yeah, when they get on the, the train and stuff. And uh, they have, you know, um, Clara trying to catch up. And you sort of, you sort of want to shout at... Marty and that, which Clara's trying to do, but whether it's because the train's too loud or because he's a bit older with uh, Doc, he sort of can't hear her until she blows the uh, the horn. I thought was interesting as well. Um, and yeah, we we got a bit more of an uh, I guess an homage to the um, what's it, the hoverboard thing, but this time Doc actually uses it and like he he rides away with uh, with Clara. I thought that was quite fun as well. Um, yeah, I one thing I found. Strange but kind of funny was when um, Doc, like he's holding that shot of, was it whiskey I think, for like a really really long time and uh, he takes like one shot and he's out. I've never known, I don't know if that's some sort of condition or if it's just because he is really like a lightweight but um, yeah I found that kind of like okay maybe it would have made sense if he had had like two or three but like one shot of whiskey I, I don't know I, I've not had whiskey myself so I don't know quite how strong it is but it just doesn't seem like a lot of alcohol um, for him to drink and then of course like uh, Marty's trying to wake him up and uh, Tedden's outside um, I thought at one point Marty was maybe going to shout out the window and be like uh, like hold your horses or something I'll be out there in a minute 
and I was quite, I was kind of surprised that they didn't have a uh, a, a duel, I suppose, um, because like I I just thought that with because um, I love the callback with uh, you know his gunslinging abilities because doesn't he do that in Battle of the Future two? I want to say it's when he goes into the into the calf for the the second time I think in um, or the first time I suppose but in uh, the second film. I think it's in the first or the second one when he's playing uh, the game with that kid, and he's he's using like you know the arcade machines, and he shows his uh, his uh, guns thing and kind of skills, and then you know later on when they're at the at the dance and everything, um, and uh, he's showing off his guns thing and skills. That didn't really add up to quite what I thought it was going to be because they were leading that into okay, he's going to have this fight later with Ten, and I thought I just thought it was going to come off. Like it would have maybe added up to something with that because if you're gonna show like you showed it in the it was again either the second or the first one I think it was the second one, um, when because yeah don't they go to the future in the yeah they go into the future in the second one and then this like the futuristic, uh, cafe that he goes into yeah when it, when he sees all that and like you've built up this kind of thing over a couple of films with the main character well one of the two main characters I suppose having these gunslinging skills and he shows it again at this dance. I just thought it would have. I just thought it was going to conclude, um, with with something else. I, I don't know. I didn't expect him to like kill Tenon or shoot him necessarily, but I just thought that there was going to be one more kind of final nod to it. Um, and I do like uh, what's it when the guy says to him, like, "Where do where do you learn to shoot guns like that?" And he's like the Seven Eleven, and this guy's like, "Huh, that's not that's not something in the past when you're a time traveler that would like completely throw something off because it." He kind of gave this look as to like, okay, that's something I've not heard of before, but it's like a plausible thing for him to say. It's not as if Marty said like, oh, I learned how to do this in the future, and the guy would have been like, wait, what? I thought like him mentioning Seven Eleven, and that could have been like a bar that this guy's not been to, or something like that. Uh, that this, uh, that the guy who's giving him the gun to do these, to do the um, shootout thing, it felt like just enough to where, like, the guy might not have heard of the Seven Eleven place, but it was plausible enough to. Um, where that could have been like realistic, so I thought that was pretty good as well. I also like in this film, speaking of like past and future and all that sort of stuff. I mean, Back to the Future. Um, I do like how when uh, what's it when he meets his family in the film and they're like, "Oh, why haven't you got your hats and your boots and stuff like that?" Because that is kind of a common thing, I suppose, with um. You know time travel stuff which is like if you're going to visit it doesn't matter quite so much I suppose if you visit the future depends on how far you go I suppose but if you're in like 2019 you go back to the 1880 you go back to like 1885 or even if you go from 1985 to 1885 um, and you're wearing like like trainers from the future and stuff some people are going to call that out or if you're not wearing a hat. And it's a western, and most and most men have you know hats in the western time and all that sort of thing. Um, I thought that was a good way to sort of bring that up and um, point that out as well. Because I mean, making time travel films just in general, like outside of even Back to the Future, is a tricky thing to do because it's several rules and like, okay, how did this appear in this place and that place? And a clo- the situation with the clothes uh, or the or people's outfits is a good thing for them to kind of bring up as well so I, I liked how they sort of did that and I mean in certain different films you'll have like slightly different rules for certain things um like how they can be double doubles of certain people or whatever um 
And I, I think they continued to handle that pretty well in, in Back to the Future 3. But overall, I'm pretty happy with this um, trilogy. Um, the second one is the one that's kind of niggling a little bit as to like, okay, why did you go with Biff, all that sort of stuff. But again, there's the podcast out there if you want more specifics on that. Um, but I it was interesting because Biff was one of my bigger problems with Back to the Future 2. And then being sort of forced to take him out of you know, the main part of this film and put Tenon in there and Tenon making more sense and him being kind of a better character, I suppose. I found him more entertaining than Biff in certain situations. Um, worked for me and that was an interesting way to sort of, I guess, change my perspective, if you want to call it that, on, on Back to the Future 3. Because you have the same, he's like the bully type of character that you've had across this trilogy, but he's just different, but he is still related to Biff. I thought that was pretty good as well. Uh, one thing I don't think that they used quite to their advantage, but not something I'm disappointed with quite so much, is, you know, Doc shows up in 1885, he has this gun, he's clearly this skilled, like, rifleman or whatever, this this skilled gunslinger, and he has this, like, really cool looking gun and all that, and he gives this speech that tells you how skilled he is, which is like, hey, Tenon, I could shoot, was it like the fleas off the back of your horse or something like that, which would be an incredible shot, so that tells you immediately, like, Okay, obviously he's skilled, like a, he's a skilled uh, rifleman or gunman or whatever, whatever, however you want to phrase that. And then uh, him shooting, obviously the rope, and that gives you the first kind of indication for where Marty's being hung. I just, I thought they could have used that like one more time. Um, so I guess in terms of the main two characters, I had some like gunslinging conclusion problems, if you want to call it that, with like Marty not having that final piece, um, and Doc not having. Not use, he only used the rifle like once and I just, I just didn't quite get it. But I suppose if you think about it, with Marty and with Doc, they're not characters that go around shooting people or anything like that. They have, they have to use those, I suppose, gun scenes in very specific situations and the plot just never quite allowed for that to happen, which I thought was a little bit of shame, but like it's still cool to kind of see... When those things pop up. It's, they could have just done sl- something slightly more with that. But I get the restriction on the characters. Because this isn't. They're not a tenant. They're not people that go around like. Wanting to start fights or anything like that. So it made sense. But I just thought you could have done one more thing with it as well. Uh, what else do I want to talk about with this? Um, I don't know. I don't know what else I, I really kind of want to say. But um, yeah. I enjoyed this trilogy. And um, I'll be back, of course, to do a, uh, I suppose, a wrap-up, if, if you want to call it, where I go through and rank the uh, the Back to the Future films. So, we got that as well. Um, and, yeah, I'm ultimately happy with how things concluded. You know, um, like, Marty went back and or Back to the Future, I suppose, uh, to see his wife, and that wrapped up everything. Um, I was a little bit surprised in a way of, like, okay, um, Doc has gone off with Clara on this hoverboard, and he's not going... Back to the Future uh, with Marty initially and then of course this really cool train comes up and it's got all the uh, electricity and stuff from the from the uh, DeLorean and stuff um, and it's like his new DeLorean and then like he flies away with that um, leaving these characters futures slightly ambiguous but to where they're, they're like settled like they're clearly all doing well but you don't quite know what they're doing next I thought that was good like good enough I suppose to where um, you can sort of, like, get away with that, I suppose, uh, but it, it's not something that, bo- it's not like someone was pointing a gun at, the, uh, gun at them at the end of the film, we didn't know what was going to happen, you sort of knew where each character was, so, 
Uh, and yeah, I suppose he's going to live a happy life with um, with his kids and with um, with Clara, which is kind of nice as well. So, and yeah, I liked the touch on because earlier in the film, uh, Doc kind of has this moment of reflection, which I really like, which is where uh, you know says this Delorean. Like I came up with this uh, time travel thing. I thought it was going to be really cool. And all it's basically done is cause problems, which is really, really true. Like the amount of situations they've got themselves into, they've almost died several times. Uh, they've almost lost people and and whatever. Um, they've all got kind of gotten into trouble through the DeLorean. And how is like you know what the DeLorean was kind of a mistake, and then later later on it gets destroyed. But then he, I suppose, he uses the materials from. Uh, the DeLorean to make another time travel machine that works with this train which again it's Doc he can come up with that sort of stuff that's like very believable to me um, and then uses it kind of one last time I suppose to go and see Marty and have like a final scene with him I thought was was pretty nice um, but yeah uh, yeah I thought I thought that was a nice way to sort of use the time travel mechanics one last time and then he goes and flies off to somewhere else so yeah overall i'm pretty happy with this so uh that is that if you guys have any feedback on back to the future i am open to doing i guess another podcast on uh you know the the discussion's open for all three of the films now that i've seen all three of them and you can spoil whatever because i know everything that happens um yeah so uh matthew and entertainment tool.org twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and there's information in your show notes um yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else for me to say. I'm going to do another podcast, obviously, with the uh, the ranking the Back to the Future films. And then uh, conclude it with that, I suppose. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support entertainment, talk, there's Patreon. We're on Patreon as well. Uh, we have the Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. Amazon will get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Um, you know, if you, if you don't want to re- review the feed, you can rate it. But make sure you subscribe so you get sent in new episodes. Uh, what else is there? Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. If there's people you know that like classic films or whatever, classic TV shows, or any of the films, video games, and TV shows that we covered, let them know about the website and the iTunes feed, uh, or about us on iTunes. Social media, share them on uh, Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and if you're allowed to, you can put them in different Facebook groups, of course. Um, yeah, and lastly, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David, play different video games, uh, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer, thanks for listening, and I'll see you for the, uh, rankings podcast in a few hours, but for me, it'll be, be in about a minute or so, uh, but thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time, goodbye. Hey everybody, so I changed my mind a little bit, I went to record the episode, which was going to be for ranking the, um, Back to the Future trilogy, but it ended up being quite short. I suppose with when I go and do the season <coughs> rankings, I've got like eight, nine, or ten things to pick from, and it ends up being a bit longer. I did the podcast in like a couple of minutes, so what I'm going to do instead of releasing a separate podcast for uh, the rankings because it would just be like really short and it would feel I, I don't know, it just feels a bit weird to do it that way. I'm going to put this on the end of the Back to the Future three review, and I'm going to like. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to put it on the end of the review and you'll you'll hear it on the end, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get straight into the rankings because it, it didn't take me very long to do. And I'm just going to put it on the end of this uh, Back to the Future 3 podcast. And I'll probably put, like, ranking them in the in the title or something. So, 
Uh, let's get to the list. Uh, number three. So the so the so I'm going to go from obviously worst to the best. Um, Back to the Future Two. I'm going to go with it. Number three. Um, I don't feel like it was as fun as the other two films. I think going with Biff uh, for the rich character or whatever, or, or putting a lot of focus on Biff, was a bit of a mistake. Um, some of the time travel stuff I don't feel like is just in general as good as the other two films. Um, the, I suppose the good qualities with Back to the Future 2 is um, when it in like the first 15-20 minutes, you know, the usual kind of start that you get with Back to the Future. It does pay a nice homage to the first one and with um, you know the town that Marty goes back and visits. Uh, his hometown and all the shops are basically all futuristic and all that sort of stuff like the cafes all futuristic and he's doing the gunslinging thing i'm sure that's in back to the future too and not the first one um yeah with him doing all that i thought that was like really cool and then you get another hoverboard uh chase scene with biff uh, i thought that was pretty cool but uh yeah overall i'd put back to the future two at number three number two i'm going to put back to the future three um I think that Back to the Future 3, 3 uh, restored some of the fun for the series. It uh, gave a really nice conclusion. It wasn't. It didn't quite have that top tier level of quality or fun as the first one. Um, but I feel like it just got back to what made the films a lot better in uh, in the first film. It had a lot more of the... Um, let's just say more, more of the heart and more of the fun that the first film had. And... Uh, Surprisingly as well, I think, with Back to the Future 3, I was uh, I forgot to say this in the review, but but you're still actually listening to that same podcast, so I'll say it again, I'll say it here instead. I remember when they showed, uh, at least in the, the version I had of Back to the Future 2, they showed like a preview of Back to the Future 3, again, because they were apparently really six months apart and they shot them back to back, so it made sense that they could, they could include that. Um... Yeah, with them, with them doing them doing that as well. I I didn't think that the western stuff was going to come off quite so well, just because you've basically changed from sci-fi to like a sci-fi western, or that's what you've sort of attempted. And I didn't think it was going to work, and that pulled off. That was pulled off quite well. And I think that that idea alone was better than most of what they did in Back to the Future Two. Uh, so yeah, Back to the Future Three is at number two, and of course that means that number one is Back to the Future One. Really, really fun film. Thoroughly enjoyed it when I watched it. Of course, there's the podcast for all three of them. Like I think I already said in the main review, and uh, you can click on the links in the description or the show notes to go and check out the individual reviews for individual thoughts on the individual films. Um, has a lot of fun. It had that one thing I had a quarrel with, which was how does the note get back to Marty? I think. At the end of the first film, but I sort of passed that off from real like, okay, sometimes time travel films will have little things like that where okay, the films tried to make this make sense, but does it like a hundred percent make sense and you could you could go digging and do all that sort of stuff but um that was like that was pretty much the only small problem I had with the film, and I kind of dismissed it anyway um so yeah Bad to the future one's probably the best of the franchise and that's my rankings of the three films so yeah didn't need to do a whole podcast for that i suppose uh let me know what you think of the Bad to the future franchise uh, i've already said how you can contact us matthew in entertainment talk.org twitter etalk uk contact page and information in your show notes but which of the Bad to Fu- how would you rank the Bad to the future films which is the best one which is the worst and which one mathematically just sits in the middle i suppose let me know what you think let me know what you think of the of the franchise and everything like that I've already done the outro and everything, but thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.